With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. This is Kids A to Z with Dr. T. I am your host, Teresa Signorelli, uh, bringing you another segment of Brains in Toyland. And this segment today is going to be about bilingualism. I just did an interview with... Um, for the October issue of Scholastic Parent and Child Magazine, and it was about the ba- the benefits of being bilingual. And I have a slogan that I use that is that is um, bilingual is better. And what I'm going to do today is walk you through the ASHA website again. If you've listened before, you know I love the American Speech Language and Hearing Association. There's a lot of great information there for parents about speech and language development, and even swallowing and chewing, because that's part of um, the purview of speech-language pathologists, of which I am one. But as I said, today we're going to talk about learning more than one language. And uh, let's start off by talking about what the advantages are of being bilingual. And most children have the ability um, to learn more than one language. And research shows us and tells us that there are lots of different advantages to being bilingual. And among these advantages are things such as being able to learn new words more easily relative to children who only speak one language, being able to play sound games, rhyming games, uh, which is actually very critical to developing later literacy skills, so that is reading and writing skills. So rhyming games like knowing that hat and cat and bat are the same. Other skills that are also very critical to future reading skills are being able to segment words into the sounds that make them up. So the fact that, um, let's see, like dog is a d-a-g, Uh, that those individual sounds make up the word dog, being able to recognize that is a skill that children who speak more than one language tend to have, uh, a skill that's more advanced relative to monolingual children of their same age or children who just speak one language. Uh, The research shows us that um, bilingual children are able to use information in new ways better. They're able to organize words into categories better than children who just speak one language. There's also evidence that they're able to problem solve better and come up with solutions to problems. Their listening skills are also shown to be better, and they also tend to show an ability to connect with others better as well. Again, this is relative to children who are only speaking one language. There is evidence, too, that um, Asha talks about here about the National Center for Education Statistics. And more than one in five school-age children um, in the United States speaks a language other than English at home. And that's, that's something interesting to think about. So the number of bilingual children we're going to be seeing increasing over the years. Now, there are learning patterns that we see as children learn to speak two languages. And among the things that we know about is that the sounds in their first language can influence how they learn and use that other language. And what we see is that it's easier to learn sounds and words when the languages that one is learning have similar attributes and characteristics. And over time, the more difficult sounds and words will eventually be used. 
So if a child has a speech or language problem, it'll show up in both of these languages. So there's, there's a tremendous amount of misconception about uh, learning a second language and being bilingual. Um, it in no way, bilingualism in no way, causes language problems or language delays, and children who are language impaired do very well learning and acquiring second languages. I actually think it's really good mental exercise. Um, but let, that'll be a discussion for another day. I just want to go through the general stuff here um, that in, in the ASHA resource here. So um, again, as I was saying, if a child happens to have a speech and language problem, you're going to see it in both languages. Um, and um, you, if you know of a child who is learning a second language and you have concerns, um, have them speak with a speech-language pathologist, and especially a speech-language pathologist who is bilingual training. There's, there's even misconceptions among speech pathologists sometimes, so you really want a person who is, has special training and truly understands bilingual uh, language acquisition and development, or, which is pretty much the same thing, <laughs> or bilingual functioning. Um, so what else can I tell you? Um, let's talk a little bit more about um, just what second language acquisition is. And there's different ways you can become bilingual. Um, you can learn two of your languages at the same time, or you can learn one language and then the other, and that's, that's called sequential. And this often happens when a child um, who, say in the United States, that's a common situation here, a child may be speaking language A at home and be introduced to, to English for the first time when they go to school. So this then begs the question, what is the best way to teach or learn a second language? And there are a, a number of different factors that we should consider when we think about the approach to take um, when teaching a second language to someone. And these are some of the things we should think about. Think about the language or the languages that are spoken in the home. We need to think about the opportunity that person has to practice that second language. And another really important factor is how motivated that learner is. That's um, motivation to learn that other language is a very, very key part of being able to develop and acquire that second language. And then another thing to consider is the reason for learning that second language. Is it, um, is it a need for school? Is it a need for work? For work? But in, in this case, we're really talking about children. So is it a need maybe to communicate with um, other family members and things of that nature? And um, as I was saying, there, there are different ways that we might introduce that second language. One way we might introduce the language would be according to the setting. So, for example, uh, French may only be spoken at home and English might only be spoken at school. So that's where the introduction of that second language would be by setting. Another way to introduce a second language could be by topic. So perhaps French is only used during... Um, mealtime and bath time, and English is only used when doing schoolwork or uh, playing with the neighbors or something to that. Um, um, well, actually, playing with the neighbors would probably be a little bit more of a setting, but by topic, so maybe um, only when um, doing the laundry or something like that. And then another way to introduce a second language could be by speaker. So perhaps mom speaks French and dad speaks English or something, um, something like that, or perhaps uh, grandma is the one who provides um, that second language. 
uh, exposure. So the ability, really, for a person to use that second language is going to depend on the family's ability to use more than one language, too. What we need parents really doing is providing a very good language model for their child. So if you're not the best model for that language, you probably shouldn't be teaching it. You really want, and that's one of the, the when we talk about misconceptions, a lot of families who do not speak English in this country are told by teachers and principals not to use their native language at home in order for the child to learn English faster, and that's actually the worst advice you can give them. We need parents giving children a really strong language basis, and if mom's language in English is not really strong, then she should use her native language to build just a language foundation in that child so when they do start learning English, they'll be in a better position. So again, we want parents being really great and strong language models. There are a number of really nice organizations that you can look to for more information about second language acquisition. One is Colorin Colorado, which is C-O-L-O-R-I-N, Colorin. And Colorado is like the state, C-O-L-O-R-A-D-O. -O. Uh, the National Association for Bilingual Education is another to consider. Um, and one more for good measure, there's one that I like, which is the Center for Applied Linguistics. So now I want to review the ASHA page about learning two languages. And it talks a little bit, a little bit more about how to teach your child to be bilingual and maybe some things to expect and even not, not to expect. And generally speaking, really anybody can learn a new language. Some people obviously find it easier than others. Children historically uh, are better at acquiring second languages than adults, although that tends to be more so with their pronunciation. There's, there are studies that show adults actually do better when they're acquiring those grammatical systems. But in any event, children do a lot of things more easily than adults do. So um, that's, that's why I wanted to bring this up, because being bilingual is such a tremendous advantage socially and cognitively, and when you're a child, it really is the best way. The earlier, the better, like most things. So we were talking before about how children can learn two languages. Um, they can be at home. It can be happen at school. It can happen in the community. And um, depending on how much you use language A and language B, you might be using one more than the other depending on the situations. And so what often happens is children might acquire and develop one of their languages better. And that better or stronger language we refer to as the dominant language. And the dominant language that anyone has at any given time could actually change. So it, again, it depends on how much you use it. Language is meant for um, for functional purposes. It's to communicate wants and ideas. So if you don't use it, you could theoretically lose it. So again, that dominant language will often be the one that you're using most often. And again, as I mentioned, it can change over time. And um, really like any skill, um, it takes practice to do something well. And without that practice, it's going to be dif more difficult for anyone um, to understand and use a language. So let's talk about ways we can teach children to be bilingual. There are a number of different ways that we can consider. Um, you, can, you can start by using two languages from birth. Many children grow up learning two languages at the same time. I 
think this is a really great model. It's not always uh, possible, but again, with most things, the earlier you start anything, the better off you'll be. So if you can start two languages from birth, um, I think this is really nice. Um, another model you might select, depending on your situation, is to use one language at home and then a second language someplace out in the environment, in school or in community centers. And um, in, in any case, what you need to do is give your child lots of opportunities to hear that language and to practice that language. And again, those, the practice needs to be functional and useful. And so the more that you can do um, or use these language, um, the language in an everyday functional situation, the better off um, the learning process will be. So what we had mentioned before, um, misconceptions about learning two or more languages as causing speech and language problems. And this is um, it's a big misconception, but there is no way that learning a second language will cause a language delay or a language disorder or will be problematic for a child who is language impaired. A lot of times children need those two languages for functional purposes. And um, the best thing to do if you have a child, especially a bilingual child, who you're concerned about, as I mentioned before, speak with a speech-language pathologist who has special bilingual training. Um, because uh, even well-intended people who only speak one language or only have training about monolingual language functioning might steer you in the wrong direction. So again, speaking with a bilingual professional is really critical. So let's talk a little bit about what to expect as your child starts to learn more than one language. And Unsurprisingly, I'm sure you know that every child is distinct, every child is unique, and so how they develop their skills is going to depend on the unique situation they're in. It's going to depend on the quality of the input they get and the amount of the input they get, but there are some basic guidelines that you can look at. So um, like other children, most bilingual children are going to say their first words by the time they're a year of age. And by their um, second birthday, bilingual children will be using two-word phrases. Again, this is similar to what you would see in children who are learning just one language. Um, so you should really be seeing bilingual children developing language and hitting those language milestones at the same rate as a child who's only learning one language. Uh, what you might see, though, in a child who's bilingual um, on occasion are something we call um, um, second language errors, uh, and they're not really errors. They're predictable, and we can understand why they happen. But an example might be a child mixing some of the grammar rules, um, maybe using language A vocabulary, but language B grammar or syntax rules. Um, they might use the same words, or I'm sorry, they might use different words from both languages within a sentence. Again, this is, this is a normal phenomenon. And um, in the case where a second language is introduced, it could be the, the fact that a child might stop talking. Um, and what's really happening here is that they're absorbing this new language and they're listening, and we call this a silent period. And it can last a while, and we're going to have other episodes on this that go into this a little more detailed, but um, it's something to look at um, or to be aware of that once they're introduced to a second language for the first time, uh, they might be quiet for a while. Uh, so watch their development, um, and as always, if you have any concerns, speak with a bilingual speech-language pathologist. 
Um, in terms of resources that you can use with your child, books are really wonderful. Books are wonderful for so many things. But reading to your child in both languages could be really helpful. Um, and um, um, local libraries, I would imagine, would have bilingual sections. Um, the Internet, of course, is a really wonderful resource if you don't have a bookstore in your town that has uh, uh, books in other languages. Of course, um, from the Internet, we move to audio tapes and CDs or DVDs, videotapes. Those are all really nice ways. I love um, songs, music. If you're talking about um, media, the CDs, uh, children's songs are really wonderful. Um, to help build vocabulary. It's something actually I've done as an adult to help my French skills. <laughs> um, and of course then there's the more formal language programs and en enrolling your children into language schools or perhaps there are summer camp programs that you can consider. Um, there's lots of different ways to, um, to approach it. So that's all we're going to talk about today. But in the future I'm looking to bring in other professional guests who are expert on bilingualism and set up situations where parents can call in and ask questions because, um, as I had said earlier, my slogan is bilingual is better. And it truly is a wonderful advantage from a social standpoint and from a cognitive and intellectual and learning standpoint. So I hope you found this all helpful. Again, these came from the pages of the ASHA website about bilingual and second language development. And you can find that at www.asha.org. It really is a wonderful resource, but we'll be having more on the subject later. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at info at kidsatoz.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.